0: It's the funniest show in town. Jewman Group at the Tuscany Suites and Casita. A comedy thousands of years in the making. Wednesday to Saturday, 5.30 p.m. in the Copa Room at the Tuscany. From the Catskills to the Borscht Belt to the shimmering lights of Las Vegas. It's Jew Man Group at the Tuscany. For tickets and information, log on to JewManGroup.com. That's JewManGroup.com.
1: You're going to laugh your us off. Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnnies.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor License Number 76827.
2: Do you owe the IRS 10000 dollars or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800 605 4650 That's 800-605-4650.
0: Hello, hello, and welcome to The Vegas Voice on AM 1400 KSHP Las Vegas. The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. It's the free monthly magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Hi everybody, John the Announcer here, and man oh man, do we have a cool show on tap? So let's bring on the host. Here is comic impressionist Rich DeToly. Welcome to the Vegas Voice
3: Radio Show. Rich Natoly, your host here with John the Announcer. Joined in studio this morning uh, by Brett Maley, who you all know from Pawn Stars, which runs in like five zillion countries, and it's running right now as we speak. And he is uh, uh, the owner of Art uh, Encounter at the gallery where all the uh, a lot of celebrities buy art there and, and normal people, too. I would say normal people other than celebrities, right? Normal people like John the announcer and, and me. We we so how's it going over there? Uh, that's Artie?
4: good. Yeah, we occasionally let the normal people in. <laughs> you
3: let them in. <laughs> you let the normal people in. Yeah. Last time we were there, I, I brought you my friend uh, Megan. Remember, and she Me- Megan. I was haven't a- seen Megan since then. She's so busy. Um, great artist. Yeah. yeah. She's doing great. She sold a few. Uh, good pieces for her.
4: Good for you know. An art Encounter. We're we're actually celebrating our thirtieth anniversary this month. We opened in September of nineteen ninety two. Believe it or not, my father so opened Art like Encounter. You No, I was in college. Uh, You know, that was was shortly after I moved out here. My parents moved out here before I did. Yeah. And my dad, who, who had been in the computer industry, wanted to get as far removed from that as possible. So he said, what's... What's a complete 180. Well, art. So he'd always collected it and uh, decided to open an art gallery out here in Las Vegas. And me being an 18 year old uh, in Texas and, you know, knowing he was coming out here and I'm like, boy, I tell you what, Vegas sounds kind of fun. Mind if I take a little time off to, to help you open this gallery? Oh, yeah. He said, I'd love it. So I took a semester off thinking I'd be back, in t- back. I never went back. Well, I've been out Texas here. Was it, I was going to TCU, uh, Texas Christian uh, in yeah. Fort Worth.
3: Oh, okay, and uh, I and that's a nice town. I mean, Dallas and Fort Worth. The, the it place. was.
4: It's a great, great school, great mm-hmm. town. Really enjoyed my time there. But uh, again, uh, coming out here to Vegas, I really just liked, how, you know, the burgeoning nature of it. I love what my dad was doing with the art scene. There really yeah. was not a gallery like it, uh, which really supported the local art scene. We had mm-hmm. over a hundred artists at one time, and about seventy-five percent were regional, mm-hmm. and we really took pride in promoting the local arts and artisans and. Uh, Although our our scope has changed a little bit, we've become more service oriented uh, with the appraisals and the authentications. We still really try to promote the local art scene like your friend. And, uh, you know, we always have one toe dipped
2: in
3: that. Yeah. And so tell the folks now where you're located and, and, sure. and how they can come. Can they just come and take a tour? Of absolutely. At
4: any time? Absolutely. Yes. We, we still do have a, what we call a boutique gallery. Right now we deal mostly with the 19th and early 20th century masters. Mm-hmm. It's open to the public. Uh, we're over at 5720 South Arville Street, mm-hmm. right on the southeast corner of Arville and Russell. And we offer all manner of art-related services. We do framing. We do appraisal. We do authentication. We have our boutique, boutique gallery, which, as we say, is open to celebrities, normal people. You know, yeah. So all you get a lot
3: of those wandering in, these celebrities. Because, you know, the reason I say that uh-huh. is because a lot more of them are moving here. Mark Wahlberg just moved here.
4: I, I heard about that. He's yeah. got a palatial <laughs> estate. Here. No, it's exciting. He's already referring, it to, to it, referring to us as his hometown, which I think is and, great. You and know? they're
3: the ones that could walk into your gallery and go... Uh, excuse me i'll take the rembrandt over there that's right
4: and, and we salvador do salvador dolly part of the part of the nice thing about having been here 30 being here 30 years you know vegas is a very transient town and usually anything older than 10 years they implode or explode and yeah we've we've survived and thrived and we're still here and yeah we get a nice mix of clients uh nice collector base we've dealt a lot with uh Celebrities through the years. Yeah. Did you guys point.
3: ever think of opening another one like in Dallas? Because there's a lot of wealthy people in Dallas. That the power. original
4: Art Encounter was in it Dallas, was in Texas. Dallas. Exactly. Oh. That's what inspired my father to, to open one out
3: here. So did he keep that or did he, he close it? He, well,
4: we, we had it for about uh, 12 years mm-hmm. and then uh, we closed it uh, when the recession hit. Unfortunately, we had to change our business model because our, our business model up to that point was primarily, as I mentioned, regional art and artisans and we would have artist rent space from us. And then we would do that in lieu of a commission.
3: I wonder uh, if that's where Cherie, our friend Cherie J. Wilson knows yeah. your dad. Is that from the, from Cher- the Dallas Cherie, one? Cherie
4: got involved uh, with Art Encounter through... Um, our horse and rider, the the Leonardo oh. da Vinci uh, project that we were involved, in, had its uh, its unveiling in Dallas, and we actually had the cast of Dallas out oh, there for him. That was actually how um, cool was that? That was actually Jr's. Did you meet uh, last Did you appearance. meet him,
3: Larry Hagman? I did.
4: He he passed away the following week when we had oh, the, my the week after we had the event, and I he he was a cantankerous guy. He was uh, all smiles right all there. And right, now
3: Jr, Ewing here?
4: <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, I'm
3: here with uh, <laughs> Brett Manley.
4: <laughs> so yeah, we had the whole cast there. Cherie was delightful, and we've been really uh, blessed that she's continued to keep in touch with us and has come out to visit us a time or two Yeah, she's
3: so nice, Cherie. We love her. She's so funny because when I interviewed Frank Stallone, and he had done an episode of Walker, Texas Ranger, and then her name came up, and he goes, you know, he goes, she's like one of the nicest people I've ever met. I go, she really is. She
4: really is. Very down to earth and uh, super sweet. Super sweet. She's
3: normal and very approachable. You know, people that have achieved what she's achieved. They, you know, they could have big heads and not be approachable, but she's very approachable. No, and
4: very, and again, kind of that, that Texas, uh, yeah. you know.
3: Uh, she was raised right. Raised you
4: know. right, just real polite, real cordial, and just uh, very down to earth. You wouldn't, if you if you met her and didn't know who she was, you'd, you know, she'd just get right in there with you. So.
3: Yeah, people from the South and Texas, right. and, you know, they're always nicer. I knew, I found that out when I started doing comedy clubs years and years mm-hmm. ago, and I played the South. I was always in Oklahoma and Arkansas and all these places, you know, uh, doing shows. And uh, I thought, geez, and I was from California, you know, I'm going. People are so nice here. They're inviting you to their home for dinner, and they sure. didn't do that in California. No, you know? heck, no,
4: no. And I grew up there. I've, I've lost a little bit of my my Southern drawl, but when I go back there to visit family or friends, I'm I'm talking yeah you know, with an accent uh, yeah. quicker than anything. So
3: we're talking to Brett Mailey, uh, uh Brett Mailey You all know from Pawn Stars. Uh, he was on there for how many years? Were you on that show?
4: I was on there from 2009, which I believe was their second season, and my last appearance was 2017. so.
3: so they, they, they retired your big magnifying glass? Or what?
4: <laughs> they did. They, well, it was, again, we we still have a great relationship. Uh, we still do a lot of framing and, and some business with them, but they they basically hired their own in-house uh, art appraiser right because they started doing more with art. Rick uh, actually has his own gallery at the Venetian that this gentleman, Chad, curates. Yeah. So it, it was more of a practical standpoint rather than having me have to close the shop to come down there to do an appraisal. They've yeah. got their own guy in the back that they call up to do the evaluations. Yeah, now,
3: so. they said they're going to have me on next season. I'm, but they're they're doing some shows out of state now. But you know, with with the uh, the thing, Marty Allen gave me the uh, the last photo session collage in 3D of John Lennon in the studio oh, the cool. night he was killed. Oh my it's, gosh. It, so the, his his personal photographer was friends with Marty Allen, and Marty gave me this. 3D. I'll send you a picture of it. I'd love it to see like. it. Yeah. That sounds exciting. I have it yeah. on my, my phone. I'll, I'll send you. And um, But anyway, so I'd love to go on there just to see what they say, you know. Sure. No, Somebody no, will bring out a big magnifying glass and go, <laughs> it's worth about $1.50. <laughs> well, uh, <laughs> you can always
4: call me for a second opinion.
3: Yeah. <laughs> well, did you appraise that kind of thing?
4: Uh, that's, again, more of like a collectible memorabilia. Yeah. Sometimes I dabble in that too. Yeah. But, uh, I'll be, but, I'll be but your Mar- backup. I remember
3: Marty gave it to me, he goes, well, the photographer only made a, a few of these for friends, so right. I didn't think he mass produced him or anything right and they were like you go like that and it's like 3d and it's in that photo session at the studio that night
4: yeah i was going to say in the history of it having been you know done the night that he passed is, is yeah and amazing. it's got
3: lennon's photographer stuff on the back you know his stamp and all that and
4: yeah. Yeah. Oh, that sounds incredible. I, I bet you they'd love to to, to have yeah. that. They're, they're always looking for new and unique items. And I tell you what, Las Vegas is a great place for that. There's plenty. I, mean, of I don't
3: that. think I'd sell it unless it was an right. astronomical amount. Then I go, Brett, what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> sell it to them, Richard. <laughs> no. right. But isn't that the kind of thing, though? Technically, if you put it in an auction, you'd get way more money, right? Well, you know, not
4: necessarily. Just I mean, kinda- Do they
3: pay? Do they pay a, 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 a going rate? I mean, uh, well, would
4: I not- you're talking about uh, what Rick would offer you. Yeah, because yeah. because
3: I always see the guy in the parking lot going, "I'm not going to take more than five thousand dollars for this," and he gets in there, and Rick goes. I'll give you 150 bucks for it. The guy goes, I'll take it. You go, okay, well, wait a minute.
4: Well, to Rick's credit, he's always called in experts like myself, third, yeah. third party generally, to give an assessment that's an honest assessment. It's not, yeah. yeah, I'm not on the dole, I'm not being paid. So, yeah. So, I mean, more so than most pawn shops, he pays a lot closer to a fair market value. I think, assuming they get that expert. Yeah, because in
3: there. he does have to pay a fee, right? If he puts it at an auction. Rick yeah, does, you have right? to
4: you have to pay a fee, and auctions are, are kind of hit and miss too. You know, you just if you get the right people bidding against one another, it can go astronomical. But if you have a dud auction, yeah, uh, then so you're you get a creek. so
3: so in a piece like that, would you think, going from your expertise, that. It would be some John Lennon collector or some Beatles collector. You'd want to do it
4: in like a a, a auction that was for, you know, vintage memorabilia or rock and roll memorabilia. Mm -hmm. But in that environment, it would do really well because
3: yeah. they probably have those people right that are just obsessed with lennon oh gosh obsessed with the beatles I, i've
4: met people obsessed with all sorts of stuff we one of my clients is uh, the biggest uh, the, i think the second biggest collector of pink panther memorabilia pink in the panther. world pink panther of all things so yeah i have
3: a boomp on my head is that guy <laughs> is that the, thing? <laughs>
4: Was that the guy in pink, peter pink panther you know inspector clouseau yeah you know, yeah, yeah
3: peter sellers yeah.
4: Yeah, so but uh, i've seen pictures of their living everything's pink you have pink everywhere you know really oh my gosh yeah so it's uh
3: and you you know what surprises me is that these comic books are worth fortunes now comic books oh yeah
4: yeah and uh you know collectibles memorabilia i mean the only danger that you get into is over time people you know lose interest in certain things i mean that's a little bit of the nervousness i have about like pink panther yeah. you know back in the 70s 80s peter sellers was acting in all yeah, these yeah. movies and and now i don't think people younger than 40 may know Right. They don't know, and and that's a good thing about a John Lennon. He's he's so iconic, and he will be, uh, you know, at least for the next several generations. Yeah.
3: And so now, when you bring out the magnifying glass, (laughs) I got to go back to that. When we're talking to Brett Maley of Pawn Stars, folks, when you bring out the magnifying glass, that (laughs) okay. So, and somebody's showing you a, a a painting. Are you looking for you're looking for age? Are you looking for the raised the raised paint or the age of the paint, or what are you... A
4: little bit of all of the above, yeah. I mean, part of it is to look at the paper and the materials to check its And do you know right
3: away, or does it take Uh, a while to...
4: No, not always. Sometimes I do. I mean, there's certain things with a magnifying glass. If you have a high enough magnification, you can see telltale traits of, let's say, a poster, like a lithograph versus a serograph or some sort of a hand-painted work. Uh, Those clues are are readily identifiable. As far as the vintage of the paper and things, there's certain things that you know uh disreputable people can do to age you know those types of things artificially so sometimes it takes a little bit more you know thought and investigation we have to you know when i go on the show it looks like it's all done you know really quick and right there on the spot but sometimes there's times where we have to take the piece aside take it out of the frame give it a more thorough inspection then go back to filming filming. exactly
3: yeah so, uh, because because like, sometimes you would say, "Well, I need more. I need more time to look at it." Sure, and sure. I mean, you
4: know, it's it's a short segment, usually ten minutes, and uh, you yeah. know, you have to fill a lot in there. So, yes, some of it is done off camera. I'm sure most. And so, people.
3: what what percentage of people that the art that you've looked at, if you had to guess, percentage wise, um, are re- are really real and valuable? I mean is it like less than 5% or
4: Well I'd say most of the work that I look at is is real but it, it's they're, not necessarily valuable it's like prints yeah. and posters and things but when you're talking about you know the the you know the the, the masters the picassos and the matises and the Moreaus <laughs> and the the Rembrandts and the Chagall's, yeah. then, then you start really, uh, that's when the investigation and the inspection is so important because that's when I look for, for example, on the Rembrandts, I look for plate marks on etchings. I want to make sure that the, the prints are stone lithographs versus offset lithographs. Yeah. And there's certain telltale traits you look at, um, To delineate the two,
3: yeah. Now, now, I think we we spoke about this before, but Wayne Newton showed me a Rembrandt, (laughs) and and he said he had three of them. Do you think they're real? I mean, uh, what are the odds of having like a real one that's not a print?
4: Boy, a real painting by Rembrandt. Boy, that, uh, I mean,
3: if anyone could I have it, him, when Wayne said, Newton would, when I asked him, I said, is, there, is there a real Rembrandt? And he goes, he goes, yes, I have three. And I go, what are these things worth? And he said, eh, three to five million a piece. But yeah. I'm thinking they're worth more than that if it's real, right?
4: Well, again, it depends a lot on the size, the quality. But yeah, it'd be in the millions for sure. His, his prints, his etchings can be worth in the six figures. And those are the prints really yeah so but if a, he
3: said three to five million it has to be a real one right oh yeah, got yeah
4: him, i i would expect so tell him to call uh, your but buddy he probably Brett he's probably
3: around he was probably around when rembrandt maybe gave it to him <laughs> 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 oh wayne's gonna kill me. no <laughs> <laughs> no no but but it's probably uh maybe maybe i don't know if he has three i don't know what are the odds of having three real rembrandts and not prince
4: Boy, you know, well, I mean, Rembrandt was prolific. He did quite a bit of work. Oh, he did? Uh, he wasn't like Leonardo da Vinci, oh, okay. who it only had 15 okay. works in museums. But you no, know, so so it's possible. I mean, you know, again, Wayne sounds like a pretty astute collector. Uh, I, I can't imagine him having three giant 24 by 30 uh, Rembrandts plus. Like, no, it wasn't point, giant. They'd it, be, was,
3: it was about... Uh, Yeah, it was about a quarter of the size of this thing
4: here. You You know, know, and I think a lot of people don't realize that, uh, you know, artists that were prolific, like Picasso, for example. I mean, you can get picasso small picasso paintings. he won't
3: amount to a thing
4: For, yeah that, remember that guy, line in flesh, the titanic flash
3: in the pan in the titanic guy, yeah. <laughs> a guy named picasso he won't amount to a thing
4: <laughs> <laughs> but uh yeah you know you can get uh, again there's certain works that are desired like to, yeah. to your point on picasso if you if you have a cubist work and oil on canvas it's 24 by 30 it's going to be tens of millions of dollars yeah but if you have a smaller piece i mean picasso could do anything he could do realism he could do impressionism he could do you know uh totally abstract uh Works, uh, works that weren't necessarily works that he was most renowned for. You can you can get them in some cases for you know tens or maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars. Not necessarily affordable to the average person, but uh, not everything that an artist has done, like Picasso or or Rembrandt or Da Vinci even are going to be millions of dollars.
3: Yeah. We're talking to Brett Maley, you all know from Pawn Stars. Uh, his gallery is Art Encounter. And if you want to take a tour of that gallery, it's amazing. They've got all kinds of great, interesting uh, things in there. And it's uh, 5720 South Arville Street. 5720 South Arville Street. Go down there and Brett will show you around uh, Art Encounter. Take a quick break. We got more to chat with Brett Maley right after
0: this. You're listening to The Vegas Voice, brought to you by The Vegas Voice Magazine. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. Don't go away. Rich and I return right after this.
5: Are you in bad pain? You know what I mean. Your knees hurt. Your shoulder hurts. Your elbow and back are constantly killing you. And I'm sure you've tried every pain pill or cream available at the drugstore. Am I right? Well, here's something you haven't tried. Pain Magic. Pain Magic is not available at any drugstore. The only place you can get it is by calling the special toll-free number I'm about to give you. And to make things even better, call right now and find out about our buy one, get one free offer. We're so confident it'll work for you that we offer a free bottle with your purchase. No prescription required. Call now to learn how you can get Pain Magic and get rid of your pain. Remember, your results may vary. 800-419-1971. 800-419-1971. 800-419-1971. That's 800-419-1971.
3: Call Pharmacy Shop 24-7 to get generic versions of Viagra or Cialis for as little as $2 a pill, plus free discreet shipping.
5: 800-622-8802. 800-622-8802. 800-622-8802. That's 800-622-8802.
0: The Vegas Voice continues. Here again, Rich Natoli.
3: Welcome back to the Vegas Voice Radio Show. Rich Natoli here with John, the announcer, and Brett Maley, you all know from Pawn Stars, in studio here. His uh, gallery is Art Encounter. Take a tour of this amazing gallery, folks, because you can see all kinds of great uh, works by all kinds of great painters, and it's uh, the address is 5720-5720 South Arville Street. 5720 South Arville Street, Suite 119, Suite 119. Go down there and check it out, and uh, Brett will show you around. Sure. And so now, uh, out of all the paintings, you know, we were talking during the break, uh, you, you've you sold things for all kinds of prices. Like, what anything stand out as the most valuable that you've sold, and—
4: you know, there's one piece that uh, stands out to me, and I don't know if it was the most valuable that we ever sold, but it's got to be up there. But it's a painting by Thomas Moran, who was an American impressionist. He was one of the the first artists to go out and do the you know the American West. A lot mm-hmm. of the you know Yosemite's, and he did you know he was also considered a Hudson River School artist. He was one of the artists that did uh, early Hudson River scenes right. uh, with you know Native Americans and canoes and things. And there was a piece that was brought to me uh, originally by a collector. Um, who wanted me to just give an impression on it. They didn't know where it came from. They just said it had been in their family for years, right. generation, and had been told it was valuable. And uh, the woman that brought it in literally uh, rescued it from a garage sale. Uh, her, her husband had put out uh, these effects and it had a $10 sticker on it. She said, what are you doing? How That's much? $10. And she grabbed it off the floor. I think he had it on the floor on a, next to a table. And she grabbed it. She said, I need to have this looked at. So she brought it in to me. Yeah. And I said, I think this is a, an original Thomas Moran. Oh it's a God. Hudson River uh, arrow, uh watercolor uh, done in plain air, which basically means he was there, boots on the ground, you know, adjacent to the Hudson yeah. River uh, painting in life. And it, 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 it was uh, it ended up being um, authentic. Uh, We took it through the journey from an unknown piece to being an authentic Thomas Moran painting, and then from there, our gallery was able to sell it, and it was well into the six figures, I believe – Wow. So this is a piece that was ten dollars at a garage oh my sale. Gosh. So somebody six months
3: earlier, somebody would have found that out down the line. Oh
4: right, right. So wow. that's that's probably one of the the, the best feathers uh, in Art Encounters. Isn't cap. there
3: a lot of cases like that? Like these things end up in garage sales. I, I read some story where somebody there was some somebody had a painting at a garage sale, but behind the painting. Was another sure. painting that was like a million dollar <laughs> something
4: that happens. Well, when you think about you know art that's been in families for generations yeah. and things. Those types of things happen. They're like, I don't like this painting of flowers. Let's put something else in the frame. And right. Put stuff over it, or you know, history uh, with art is very important. Where it was purchased, how it was purchased, and all of that, and those details get lost to time. So yeah. over the course of generations, uh, you have this nice painting, and at one point, you knew exactly when it was purchased and who did it, but. Uh, that those details have been lost, and that's where I come in.
3: Did you ever hear, is, is, watch the show? Uh, strange inheritance, it's called. I don't. Think I don't know so. if it's no. still on. But strange inheritance, uh, Jamie Colby would host it. Mm-hmm. This this woman reporter, and there was a there was a thing on there where this guy and his wife inherited the grandfather's farmhouse. Okay, so they were taken over there, cleaning out the attic, and mm-hmm. they were up in the up in the loft, and the guy saw an old dusty. Here we go. Metal chest in the corner, right? So he wipes it all down. He opens it up. Inside the chest, it was full in ca- in plastic cases of eight to ten copies of each of the most valuable baseball cards ever.
4: I think it I, I was in remember the millions of wow. dollars, oh,
3: and yeah. they found it. And so there was eight to ten, like. You know, Mickey Mantle, rookie right. cards, babe, Ruth, I mean, just like a dr- a dream collector that he would be dreaming this, but it was real. And he took him, they took him in to get him authenticated, and they said, we cannot release all these on the market. It will crash the market. So they would release them a little at a time. And it came out to like millions, just millions, like seven to twelve million dollars worth of baseball cards. All in a trunk? In a trunk that the grandfather had enough foresight, vision to collect and to protect in plastic cases untouched in this trunk. And it was filled. I mean, what a gift. Could you imagine?
4: And that's the thing, to have the foresight that these things are going to be worth a lot of money. Because you, you'd think back then, they were just, you know, in cigar boxes. I or, remember or, my you know. father
3: telling me that he had all these baseball cards and he threw them all away. When sure. he was a kid, he collected all those and he threw them all away. He never thought, you know, they were bubble gum. They were like in right. one right. cent oh, bubble yeah. gum.
4: Yeah, you never thought they were going to amount to anything. No. So, yeah.
3: It's amazing. So is art kind of like that where you just, people don't realize you know, uh, or some people do realize and then they they hand it down and they know that it's going to be valuable, more valuable one day. So they hand it down. Then there's the people that don't realize that put it in the garage sale. Sure. (laughs) Well,
4: with with art, there's just so many variables as to what makes art valuable. And that's the one thing I always tell people that, you know, something that's old doesn't necessarily make it valuable. It's, you know, who who did. it's just like with the baseball cards, you could have you know a, a fred sputnik uh card yes yeah. you know from that vintage and it's only worth a couple bucks but you get you know a babe ruth or a, right or a mickey mantle then that's where the bucks really you know come in and it's the same thing with art there were a lot of <laughs> bad painters in the 17th century just like there's a lot of bad painters now yeah you know yeah. so that doesn't necessarily make it valuable but uh it, the nice thing is you know and the other thing too it, with baseball cards or artwork uh, you know things that are 100 plus years old. Um, you know they've weathered. They're you know they they weren't. You know, people weren't aware of how to preserve them how to you know frame them how to store them so a lot of these things uh, even with the best intentions with art uh, you know you put it in the wrong frame or hang it in the right wrong spot uh, or the
3: or the, what about in humidity or humidity any- yeah
4: going from you know yeah. an arid climate sun, to humid sun, sun, sun hitting it every you know, day or- here in Las Vegas with all the UV yeah. light and everything so yeah and the heat and and again the temperature changes uh, just you, you know you could have the best intentions and think you're doing the right thing but uh, you know it's it's prone to the elements
3: Now, does anybody call your gallery and say, you know, I'm looking for a hunter? Biden piece do they have, have you ever had these calls? like once never once no no never once but 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 is he selling those in galleries? are there uh,
4: you know who... i i haven't really been keeping up on the hunter biden market we 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 deal with the artists that uh you know are old they're a masters can't you pretty much get a finger
3: records. painting from a kindergarten class that would be equally as
4: <laughs> you're gonna get me into trouble rich <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I know. i'll take the blame i think
3: pretty much it's a finger painting from a five-year-old uh folks uh <laughs> Well, there, there
4: are some Picassos that, quite frankly, look like they could have been, you know, finger paintings, too, you know. But yeah. It, it was Picasso that did it, so.
3: Yeah, now Stallone is doing paintings, right? Yeah, and there's
4: a lot of uh, celebrities that have turned to any art. Any of that and,
3: stuff cross your path?
4: Uh, sometimes. Sometimes, actually, Stallone is, is one of the better ones. Um, I, you know, I think you can kind of tell the true artists, um, the ones that, you know, started doing it. Even before they were famous, did he think, ever
3: come in your gallery? Do no, you know I
4: don't. I don't. Not to my knowledge. Yeah. No, I don't think so. Yeah, but uh, he he does some nice work. Uh, there's a lot, you know. History. If you if you're really into the arts, it, it, be it an actor or or an author, mm-hmm. you you, you kind of have that element in your brain already uh, right because they're artistic and, people you know, and yeah,
3: they like exactly. they appreciate art yeah. so uh,
4: i think a lot of them uh, you know have some inherent talent and jack
3: nicholson is another one. he collects it. he doesn't paint jack nicholson, but jack
4: nicholson a lot of them it. yeah steve martin's a big collector uh anthony hopkins is another artist uh actor turned artist who has had some very prestigious anthony quinn
3: wasn't he one
4: uh anthony quinn a- anthony quinn was actually a lot of people don't know he was a sculptor before he ever became famous as an actor mm. and they actually I believe it was MGM or one of the major studios uh, forced him to give up art for a time to sign mm-hmm. in a contract because what he was doing with sculpture—he was climbing up uh, in you know mountains in Carrera, Italy, and chopping his own marble and rolling it down the hill—all wow. these things that were really quite dangerous if you're, you know, if, really? if you're Anthony Quinn, the actor. So uh, he he ultimately got back into it later in life, but he he was uh, trained uh, as a sculptor and an architect long N- before. Now, what about campaigns.
3: Jack Lord? Remember like him from Hawaii, Hawaii 50? Yeah, anything any hit cuz he was a painter too, right? Any of his you work You know,
4: I, I ever? vaguely remember uh, that's a little before my time. I, I just wonder if that the, stuff the-
3: circulates through the art galleries and you get it across I, your path or, I,
4: i've not i've not seen too much of jack lord's uh, artwork I, I i again when i think of jack lord i think of the the theme song and i think of his uh, his pompadour you know that's about his hair, <laughs> his hair i always thought his
3: hair looked like the wave in the beginning <laughs> that's of <right>. hawaii 50 <laughs> so exactly, exactly right very and so uh, yeah yeah and so now so what other actors that you know that are painters that you would love to get maybe piece of their artwork any, any of those stand oh out my gosh mind? I'm or?
4: trying to think of the ones that are uh, Anthony Quinn is one who we do have some of his original sculptures uh, out of alabaster was Charles
3: Manson a painter too uh,
4: we we yes we've had people come to us with Charles Manson's work oh, uh, there was one woman who was a, a pen pal of Charles Manson really? Which boy? That's uh, that's got to be an interesting story. But uh, she brought in some artwork that had been done uh, well, by Mister Manson, see that, don't they? Yeah, we ended up not dealing with it just because that was not something <laughs> kind of creepy, kind of very kinda, yeah. very creepy. And I, I, I agree with you. I think it, you know there is some. It's kind of like looking at a car accident. You kind of want to see what's going on behind you know uh, his yeah. his eyes to a degree. Yeah. But uh, no, it wasn't really for us. But uh, the, the the girl. We also got approached by the girl that played. Uh, um, uh, Jan Brady, uh, whose name escapes me, on oh, the oh, Brady Eve Bunch. Plum. Eve Plum also started a career as an artist, and uh, we ended up not exhibiting her work. But there's, yeah, I, again, I think a lot of uh, a lot of these actors, once you know, uh, the, the the curtain closes uh, on their acting career, they want another outlet for creativity, yeah. and it makes sense that they would go into art, and uh, yeah. some of them quite effectively.
3: I would never go into art because I can barely draw a straight line. I'm, one, I, I think I was the worst finger painter in kindergarten. I can't, I can't paint. Anything. Uh, That's just one thing I don't uh, have any ability but, for.
4: But you have, an, you have an appreciation for it, which uh, is, there's, is very important. Yeah. you know, art, uh, unfortunately, uh, especially with people, you know, 40 years and younger there's just not the aptitude or the appreciation that they're used yeah. to be and we're having to fight against that a little bit and that, that
3: Are you saying I'm over 40 is that what you're saying Brad <laughs> just a pinch, just a pinch. <laughs> but you know I I I'm I'm a person that yeah I appreciate art but I like picture uh, pictures of actual something you know whether sure. it's scenic whether it's people whether it's you know things right. hot I I don't I don't I don't appreciate the the different colors of just looks like you just threw paint on a canvas. Right. And I know that some of those are valuable, I guess, right?
4: Well, and but they are. And I think that that kind of goes back to the, you know, the education. And I, I'm kind of like you, when I was growing up and, and learning about art, I wanted, you know, I wanted a mountain that looked like a mountain. I wanted, you know, things that were aesthetically pleasing. And it wasn't really until I'd say, gosh, the last 10, 15 years as an appraiser that I really cultivated an appreciation for some of the more abstract things. Because, at that point, it becomes less about the aesthetic and more about the expression of the artist, you know, the just yeah. your old splashes of paint on the canvas, the way they combine the different colors, the hues and the tints and the, the you know, all of that. And again, it, it still may not be your cup of tea that you want it necessarily in your home, but you kind of appreciate where the artist was coming from, what was in their head, where they were at that place in time. And as an appraiser, I kind of get off on that.
3: Yeah, people kind of collect what they what they appreciate and what they value. You know, I started when my son was born. He's 23 now. I can't believe that. I started collecting autographed baseballs because I always loved baseball as a kid. Sure. That's all I did. And I have, his name's Mickey. And oh, wow. I, I bought him a Mickey Mantle ball from the Field of Dreams twenty. 20- three years ago. How cool. And I bought it for like a little less than $300. And it's right. now it's up in the... Oh,
4: sure. That was back when Mickey was alive and signing. and uh, Right. You know, and so-, so,
3: you know, the, so I love those because you could... Right. It's kind of like art, but it just keeps going up. You keep them untouched with the authenticity certificates and sure. in the cases and everything. And and I'll never see anything from them. But I told my my kids, when your kids are grown, you'll probably be able to buy a car with these things.
4: Right. And that's, again, that's a, Mickey Mantle. His legacy is secure. I mean, he's always going to be one of the greats. <laughs> Ted Williams Ted is Williams, another one. And, you know,
3: exactly. Yeah. Wow, that's amazing. Do you collect anything?
4: Um, uh, yeah, I mean, I, I try to collect a little bit of art. I try to collect. Uh, I I, I, <laughs> I do have actually a pretty good baseball card collection. Wow. Um, with a with my star of my collection is a. Uh, Sandy Koufax. It's not a rookie card, he but it's, great it, it was pitcher. only a year or two after Dodgers. his rookie season, and it was a it was back in the 50s when the cards weren't the size they are now. It's it's kind yeah. of an oversized card, and uh, so I, yeah, I take take pride in that, and that was something that, to your point, uh, I, I started collecting with my father you know, when he, some yeah. of his cards, and yeah. he passed them on to me, and then I added my own to them, and then I'll, yeah. add, I'll pass those on to my my 14 year old son yeah. at some point.
3: So, see, when you look at the baseballs, like I I play it kind of like a stock market kind of thing. And I look at it and I go, okay, like I have Mike Trout. Mm -hmm. I'd like to get Otani because Otani now is going to be a Hall of Famer and a legendary. Unless he gets hurt or something drastic happens, he's going to be a Hall of Famer. So, as soon as they get inducted to the Hall of Fame, boom. Sure. Ball shoots up more. And then one day when he goes, when he passes away, Mm -hmm. boom. It's going to go shooting (laughs) up even higher. So, for your grandkids and... You know, all that kind of thing. So that's how you look at these guys that are just doing really well right now and 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 the announcers are going well, this guy is going to be right. a hall of fame get that ball it's, it's a little like penny stocks you know yeah. trying to
4: find that penny stock grab that ball go. for a yeah. few
3: hundred bucks it's going to go up into the thousands sure. in the next 5 years you know well
4: baseball has kind of become a little bit like art that there's a big speculative art market like a lot of these players they're not even out of the double a ball yeah. and they're, they're people are speculating they're going to have a hall of fame career and their yeah. cards are selling in some cases for more than what the hall of famers card is selling for so it's, it's because people up. are
3: taking that chance it's, going well you know if he does right you know i mean if you had a uh, if you have a uh, a mike trout rookie baseball card that's worth a lot of money right now because mike trout look what he's done already. sure Sure. Yeah.
4: So, I. I mean. I. I hate to see it kind of skewed that way, to where it's looked at uh, too much like a commodity. I mean. I yeah. When when I was collecting with my dad, it was all about the joy, and I was like, I was a big Cubs fan, so forget you know, the joy, people. Uh, want I forget that the money joy. I was, believe me, as a Cubs fan, it was never about the joy. <laughs> the
3: joy doesn't pay the mortgage. <laughs> was,
4: but but you know I, I'd be I'd be looking at you know, you know Cubs players and, and and things like that. Bill Madlock was kind of a hero yeah. of mine growing up. You know, Cubby. Yeah. So uh, you know I I'd collect their car. You know, and then I would you know. Uh, I remember being a big fan of George Brett, you know, the third baseman for the camp because my name was Brett. You know,
3: I might have to tell you a funny joke about George Brett. Uh Okay, and I've done this bit on stage before. Okay. Remember Howard Cosell called the World Series this one year where George Brett was playing in the World Series with a hemorrhoid problem. Okay, Okay. but here's the the funny part. Howard Cosell never let the audience forget that George Brett was playing with hemorrhoids. He would go, he would do this. (laughs) George Brett is coming to the plate. He has hemorrhoids. George Brett is rounding second base, heading for third base. Did you know he's playing the World Series with hemorrhoids? <laughs> That's what he great. did. I mean, it was th- throughout the entire game, Howard Cosell did that, and people were going, why does he keep bringing this up? But it was hilariously funny, not for George Brett. Sure. For the for the viewer, though, it was very funny. But George Brett was a great ball player. Oh, yeah. yeah.
4: And yeah. I, I, I kind of get a mental picture of them doing the little, uh, you know, the – uh, with the, you've got the uh, layover of the graphics of the, uh, you know, uh, George Brett rounding, he has hemorrhoids, you yeah. know, in parentheses or something. <laughs>
3: <laughs> but he did that the entire game. He's a, some pe- Let me read the stats of George <laughs> Brett. You know he has hemorrhoids. <laughs> it's like, what are you doing, Howard? Shut up. We're going to take a break. We were talking to Brett Maley from Pawn Stars. Uh, his gallery is uh, Art Encounter, 5720 South Arville Street. Take the tour, Suite 119. We'll be right back.
0: You're listening to The Vegas Voice, the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. We'll have more following these brief
2: messages. Do you owe the IRS $10,000 or more in back taxes? Are you being audited or investigated? Has the IRS sent you a letter demanding payment? You may not owe what they claim. Make this free call to the tax doctor now. Let them negotiate with the IRS on your behalf. Call 800-605-4650, 800-605-4650. That's 800-605-4650. It's the
0: funniest show in town. Jewman Group at the Tuscany Suites and Casita. A comedy thousands of years in the making. Wednesday to Saturday, 5.30 p.m. in the Copa Room at the Tuscany. From the Catskills to the Borscht Belt to the shimmering lights of Las Vegas. It's Jewman Group at the Tuscany. For tickets and information, log on to JewManGroup.com. That's JewManGroup.com. You're going to laugh your us off.
6: You'll see an amazing difference in a matter of days. Don't believe us? We'll offer you a money-back guarantee. If you're ready to start losing weight right now, call right now to learn more
5: about your risk-free order to body Sculpt. Call for your risk-free offer. 800-731-9778. 800-731-9778. 800-731-9778. That's
1: 800-731-9778. Replacing your air conditioning and heating system is a big decision. That's why Johnny on the Spot Air Conditioning and Heating tailors every new unit estimate to meet our clients' needs. We go over all the options with you and custom design a new system for you and your home. And of course, these consultations are always free. Schedule your free new unit estimate online at johnnies.vegas or call us at 702 Johnny's. That's 702-564-6697. Contractor license number 76827
0: The Vegas Voice continues here again your host comic impressionist Rich DeToli Welcome
3: back to the Vegas voice rich Natoli with John, the announcer and uh, Brett May You all know from Pawn Stars in studio, his gallery. You got to take a tour of this. He's got all kinds of works, which I'm going to ask him uh, some of the artists in a second, but uh, uh, art encounter it's called. And it's at 5720 South Arville street suite 119. And you all know Brett from Pawn Stars and it's running in like 5,000 countries all <laughs> over the, the world. But anyway, so, um, some of the art uh, that you have in there now, like what, Salvador Dali, right? And uh... Uh,
4: Mostly 19th through to mid-20th century masters. So, yes, mm-hmm. Salvador Dali. We've got a great selection of Salvador Dali. We've got Pablo Picasso, Marc Chagall, uh, Jean Moreau, Henry Matisse the nice thing about our gallery more so than just having an incredible collection of art is we we do all of the vetting and the authentication we've got an incredible team so every time you come into our gallery there's no question about the authenticity of the works on the wall everything's been you know like i say verified and vetted uh, and and we also uh, deal a lot with you know private collectors uh, who are motivated to sell uh, that uh, you know trust art encounter so a lot of times we can get works that at auction might sell for, you know, 25, 30% higher, we're able to get them at a much uh, reduced rate.
3: So. Yeah. So here's a question. Okay. So when did art, what, when did art start? Like how many centuries ago did, were the first people painting? Oh, and the, my question is there had to be a different, a difference in the quality of the paint that they used. And was it paint that would vanish in time, disintegrate chip? Uh, sure. You
4: know? Well, I guess it, it dates back. Back to, gosh, the you know, caveman days, you know, with all the cave paintings. Were they with, yeah, that? Yeah, well, they were. You know, they, that's how they documented, the, you know, their their hunts and their tribal life, and yeah. you know, those works are hard to frame, though. That's the problem. And you know, on the cave wall, you yeah. Just can't, can't. <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, that, art art goes back as long as we do. Um, as far as the materials, yes, you bring up a good point because. Just, we were talking a little bit about what makes art valuable and, and certainly condition and the, the preservation of it is an important thing because, you know, as recently, relatively recently as a few hundred years ago, uh, they were using pigments that would vanish. They were, you know, putting things in you frames that were non-conservational. Paint. I mean, you look at uh, you look at Leonardo da Vinci, uh, The Last Supper. Uh, they've had to restore that numerous times because he used a...
3: a he kind and of does that take all the value away if it's restored?
4: Well... I mean, uh, you know, the Leonardo da Vinci. It was restored by the ultimate experts and conservators, so they they did everything they could. God, to that's gotta be nerve
3: wracking. Oh yeah, to, to
4: be touching up a Leonardo <sighs> da Vinci. I, I can only imagine. So, uh, but yeah, it, it, you know, better to restore it than have it vanish entirely. And some of the egg based, uh, you know, temperas and things that they were using back then. Yeah, if they if they weren't restored or touched up or or, or heightened in terms of their their hues, uh, they would vanish over time.
3: Okay, so. Now- now here's another question, okay? Back I can't remember how many years ago this was, and it wasn't really that long ago, was it? Ten years ago, twenty years ago, somewhere in there, I think. With a big art heist, do you remember when they mm-hmm. stole millions of dollars worth of art from the, from I think from the from New York, one of the galleries?
4: Yeah, they're still doing it. There was one just recently. Now, do uh, yeah.
3: those surface? I mean, do 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 people do they they have to like? Does anybody call and say, I've got this uh, rare piece of art? (laughs) You know, does that stuff, because it's on the black market, right? It
4: is. uh, Very difficult. Very difficult. I mean, most of the major art thefts, uh, I believe, uh, the pieces are in private collections you know they're 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 in a basement somewhere of a mobster or, you know you, you know yeah. they're, they're being enjoyed they're not being because it's too hard it's too hard to fence uh, yeah. an original picasso or an original so did Leonardo those Di all those or,
3: ones they never got them back right From, no, no you know which one i'm talking about was well there's, a big there's one. several i don't know
4: which exact one you're talking about but there's several they where they stole where
3: like oh my gosh it was <laughs> It was one of the biggest art heists. And I want to say it was. It's the, a, there's one. one in the, the, there
4: was a Philadelphia museum where they got away. They're, 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 they're still debating whether it was an inside job. The security guards were, were tied up, uh, but very loosely. That might know, have been and, the one, And, yeah. and uh, I can't remember the museum, but they never found, uh, you know, uh, the paintings that were stolen. And one of the paintings was a Rembrandt. Um, but, you know, those are, like I say, probably in a private collection. They're either enjoying it uh, or, or they're waiting for, you know, that a might few be generations a Rembrandt Wayne
3: Newton's house. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Wayne, where'd you get that? From a heist in Philadelphia?
4: (laughs) Right, right, exactly. There you go.
3: But, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, it's interesting because that stuff's got to surface somewhere. But you're right. It's probably in somebody's basement or it's on the wall in their mansion somewhere where...
4: yeah they're, they're just where a
3: mob guys going you know this is a real rembrandt right here <laughs>
4: right well exactly i mean i guess i guess uh you know if, if you're in uh you know the mob you can still appreciate arts
3: so. where'd you get that museum of natural history <laughs> like a, where'd you get the christmas tree rockefeller center <laughs> and thank you yeah. so uh yeah so you know i would imagine uh Those things kind of slowly as generations go by will kind of get somebody will put it out somewhere
4: right and there's there's a lot of conjecture about you know uh, work that was confiscated by the nazis in world war ii that uh you know in the 60 70 years since have ended up in private collection and the efforts to kind of retrieve that and bring it bring them back to the the rightful owners which has been a -hmm. a bit of a a headache you know yeah
3: and so now what art is there any art that stands out in your mind that you would love to appraise from a specific artist that you haven't had a chance to yet
4: You know, the one thing I'll say about Las Vegas, it's a great place to be an art appraiser because there are so many people here from all walks of life, all parts of the world with, you know, uh, second third homes, people retiring here from both coasts. So Mm -hmm. uh, whereas most regions of the country, you're going to get more regional art. Uh, Vegas is a melting pot in a lot of ways, and especially when it comes to art. So I've I've had the benefit of, of appraising works, you know, Renaissance era works, Leonardo da Vinci, Rembrandt. Uh, all the way through modern masters, pop artists, Pollock, you know, uh, Warhol. So there's there's really not too many that I haven't been confronted with. Um, we were talking, uh, John and I were talking about Edward Hopper. That now that's an artist that I would love to appraise one of his originals, and that's one that actually they did approach me on Pawn Stars to evaluate one. Was uh, it real? I to, to show you that was about. 10 years ago, 11 years ago, uh, they still haven't proven one way or the other. Um, and that's the problem you get into with these pieces that, uh, you know, were, were gifts or that they went through, you know, a friend of the family or so generations. So you at it? You, you, I you... believe it to be. But again, I'm an appraiser. I'm not an expert on Edward Hopper. Um, but we consulted with that experts uh, and uh, there we got a lot of uh, could be, maybe, sounds about right, but nothing concrete enough to where the collector could go forward. So and, they didn't so, buy it then, right? No, right. well, I mean, it was I appraised it assuming authenticity in the millions. The and uh, even a guy like Rick Harrison, that's a, that's a little tough and, to come up with.
3: <laughs> and what did he? What did Rick say then? Well,
4: and, and I, I told him, I said, assuming authenticity, it's worth millions, you know. But that's something that uh, you know, Rick's a gambler, but that's that's a pretty big gambler. So he said he, he would have to pass. And
3: Rick said, I'll, I'll give you fifty bucks. <laughs> <I know. laughs> that sounds about right. <laughs> I know. But
4: uh, but no, it, it, as far as my I know, to my knowledge, um, they're still working to try to get authentication, and that's that's tricky, and that's where Art Encounter can come in because. In this case, we weren't able to, but a lot of times we're able to, you know, facilitate the authentication by reaching out to the right experts, uh, to, by presenting the piece to the, to the estate or the foundation or whoever is recognized as the authority.
3: Yeah. So technically that person couldn't sell that unless it was definitely authenticated. You couldn't sell right? it as
4: an authentic hopper. I mean, you could sell it as attributed and likely and all of that, but uh, without that, uh, you know, uh, final, uh, you know, uh, stamp of approval. You, you yeah,
3: you and so this is totally unrelated but there are there it is about artifacts so that's why i'm going to ask did you ever go to that haunted museum of zach bagans
4: i was actually on the show they oh, actually they actually had me on as an expert uh, i was painting i was uh, uh evaluating so you were in there among i was men. in there it was it's creepy Ooh, it's, it's really exam- creepy and what i was in, i was in there i got a little bat, behind the scenes tour which was even creepier and uh, you know they you'd sit down and you're like what's this to the left oh it's a shrunken head okay you know what's oh, this you yeah. know, I, <laughs> what's this to the right of me oh it's a vampire bat you know everywhere you look oh. there's creepy stuff but uh, yeah they had me on there evaluating a um, uh, a painting called the crying boy which is a very famous painting uh, that uh, supposedly is haunted Uh, and
3: uh, you know did you you feel I mean any creepy stuff happening when you were in there
4: I, I mean it was it was just kind of a creepy vibe uh, you know i don't necessarily believe that the painting itself is haunted but there were some pretty interesting items well, well that, they uh, wouldn't
3: i saw the special on tv where they wouldn't open he wouldn't even open this one chest do you know that yeah, one it was, it's
4: like a, it's a Box, it's in I a glass yeah, case yeah, yeah there's
3: it's a box they wouldn't even open that box because sure. there was a evp of a voice going go ahead open it <laughs> i mean that would make me go you know what yeah, i'm we'll, going to church we'll, now <laughs> we'll leave this
4: closed exactly yeah and, uh, I, I, yeah 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 i'm not my dad always said he's not superstitious but he doesn't like to take chances and that's, no. that's kind of like me
3: No, but, but, uh, yeah, but see, they still didn't open that thing.
4: Right. No, no. Uh, And, and, uh, the crying boy painting, he asked me if I would hang that on in our gallery. And I said, no way, Jose, you know? Yeah. He actually was serious. Yeah, he, he said, "Would you would this be a piece that you would offer for sale in and your gallery?" You and I said, "No, I, I yeah, I couldn't and take you, the couldn't take you don't the want risk that,
3: that energy coming. in. Oh yeah, the, the
4: negativity and all of that. And it's a it's a painting that's supposedly cursed. And uh, boy, I tell you what, there, if there's one thing you don't need it. is somebody who's trying to sell art is is you know more oh. things working against you. Well, you'll be closing <laughs> up one
3: day, and you'll see real tears coming down the face <laughs> right. of the crying painting, and they go, you know, uh, I'm out of here. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> and Your dad will go. So. Would you bring that in here? Well, so, uh, but so, any nothing else creepy in there? I mean, did you ever? Would you go in there by yourself at night? And oh, walk I around? would. I, I'm, I'm you'd a You'd walk around at night by yourself in there?
4: I, well, by myself, just you That's, know, like the yeah, doors just, locked or oh, something. Here's the thing. Here's the question. The My son
3: always asked me this when we were watching that thing. He goes, Dad, for hundred grand, would you spend the night in there by yourself? I go, No. For five hundred grand, uh, getting warmer. <laughs>
4: right. <laughs> go. Right.
3: For a million? <sighs> yes, I would. For a million.
4: Yeah, that'd be interesting. That, that could make for a good show in and of itself. Who survives yeah. the. Uh, because the,
3: my father always said, Rich, dead people can't hurt you. It's the ones that are living you got to watch out for. Boy,
4: ain't, ain't that the truth? <laughs> so that's what he always said. So <laughs> no, that's wise words, wise words.
3: Well, Brett Maley, the, uh, the gallery is Art Encounter, folks. Go take the amazing tour and look at the amazing artworks in there by the amazing artists. Uh, 5720. South Arville Street 5720 South Arville Street uh, Brett will give you a tour down there uh, Suite 119 119 119 is a suite number and it's called Art Encounter again uh, go there and take the tour uh, thank you Brett hey
4: thank you for having me it's always
3: a pleasure uh, you're always welcome here absolutely <laughs> Brett Appreciate Mailey it. everybody
0: I'm John the Announcer thanks for listening visit my website at johntheannouncer.com And speaking of websites, don't forget about the Vegas Voice. It's the voice for your health, wealth, and good times. Learn more at thevegasvoice.net. You know, Rich and I love it when you come by to say hello. We know there's a lot of things you could be doing. The fact that you've chosen to spend a little time with us means the world. It really does. So join us next Saturday afternoon at 4 for more of this, the Vegas Voice. travel it's that easy so call now and start packing call right now 800-267-1806 800-267-1806 800-267-1806
2: that's 800-267-1806